0: Yes, I. It's uh, January 12, 2023. We're reading Born for Dead by Laurie Gunst, A Journey Through the yeah, the Underworld. So, reading this book um, that I read, I think I read it when I was a youngster. And I went on Amazon and got the book. It is a band, or was banned, I don't know if they have lifted the band, but it was banned from being sold in Jamaica. Um, it reveals a lot about the the underground or the underbelly of what happened in Jamaica in the seventies and eighties and partially in the nineties. I would assume um, it's written by Laurie Gunz, who was a I think she was a professor at at, uh, at um, the University of the West Indies um, during this time, during a time, a certain time, during the volatile time. So. I'm doing a second reading on a second day, consecutive, second consecutive day, which is historic. story. So let's get into it before I go down a rabbit trail again, like I did previously. Reading Brambles, born for dead. The rains, oh shoot, I need my glasses. Ah, sh- let's, I do not need glasses. It's your mind telling you that you need glasses. All right, if you tell yourself you need glasses, you will need glasses. If you tell yourself you don't need glasses, you won't need glasses. It's a mind trick. <laughs> anyway, brambles. The rain came hard, i just kidding. The rains came hard that spring. 40 days of biblical intensity, like the rains outside, you know, we've been doing it for a good 20 days. All right just start and it says the rain came hard that spring 40 days of biblical intensity that's jamaica rain for you i can't believe i'm going sideways already but i remember just moving to canada i think i said it before the rain fell for weeks potentially months non-stop that's jamaica rain for you funny enough i wasn't as depressed as this rain that we have been experiencing here for the past week and a half to two weeks I think um, has made me but keep going the rains came hard that spring 40 days of biblical intensity bridges washed out and country trucks listing with workers and sugar cane overturned in flash flood spilling men and women into ravines the flooded roads the flooded roads lured highwaymen who held up stranded motorists and demanded money to push their cars through the water onto dry ground. Kingston streets turned into swift running streams, threatening to, to drown school children. The country years were hit hardest. Farmers lost all their crops, but many told tales of heroism and kindness. friends who swam through flooded fields to rescue precious livestock. When the sun came out again and the water receded, the mud-cracked rural parishes started digging out. The JLP seized on the floods as a prime public relations opportunity. It, It sent members of Parliament out to their constituents with seeds and tools for so replenishing the fields. I got an invitation from a woman I knew in the office of the Prime Minister to tour one flood ravaged section of the parish of Ann, represented by Neville Gallimore, the Minister of Health. A friend of Haiti's baby dogs, Duvalier, he was the emissary Siaga sent to Haiti a year later when Jamaica wanted the dictator to leave Port-au-Prince peacefully. My friend Dirty told me to be at Jamaica House early the next morning to catch a ride with Gallimore's entourage. The scene at government headquarters was the usual chaos, with drivers trying to organize their van fulls of media people and bodyguards. There was a slim tobacco brown photographer from the Jamaica Information Service, the island's press agency, who was standing apart from the throng. The throng. The throng. The throng. throng. Okay, okay, <laughs> he was draped with camera equipment wearing it along. It's just the word that the other word that came to mind aside from throng. But uh, he was draped with camera equipment wearing it along with a bulging photographer's vest and a natty cap that reminds me of a horse trainer. He was. Scanning the gleaner for the day's lineup of horses at Caymanas Park track, looking up now and then at the confusion around us with a glint of mirror in his eyes. We started talking before we knew each other's name. He told me he'd lived all his life in central Kingston, the waterfront ghetto that was Michael Manley's constituency and a little hotbed of tribal war. We soon discovered we had a friend in common a Kingston actor whom I was seeing then okay a Kingston actor whom I was seeing then and the photographer told me of the two men who had grown up together in central told me the two men had grown up together in central together in central in the days when it was the city's residential and commercial heart before the tribal violence of the 1970s devastated the neighborhood the actor had moved up in the world, he had earned a UA degree, which gave him a measure of status. Along with plenty of painful conflicts about the downtown and uptown worlds, he still tried to straddle. But this photographer had stayed where he was born, and he wore his sufferer's struggle like a badge of honor it was. I is a ghetto man, born and bred, he said proudly, and then he gave me his son. They call me Brambles. It was high noon by the time we got out of Kingston and onto Spanish Town Road, later renamed Mandela Highway. It was high noon by the time we got out of Kingston and onto Spanish Town Road, later renamed Mandela Highway. A speedway that goes by the city's industrial terraces and the sprawling shantytown called Riverton City. First shanties had gone up around. A garbage dump, and now the area was a home to thousands. The children of Riverton City formed their own passes to fight off the junk or buzzards they come, competed with for food. Dead animals by the dozens littered the highway, sending off wharves of putrid scent. I was riding in Darty's fancy car, and a driver went so fast that one of her water exploded from the heat. When he stopped to change it, kneeling down on the minting asphalt, I saw the gun tucked into the waistband one of his parts. All right, so Riverton City, All right, so uh, Riverton City is, is a small stomping ground. when I say a small, a little bit of a stomping ground in that. that's where my uncle lives, and um, he's a raster and I remember last time, was the last time I went to look for him down there? No, a couple years ago though. He was actually going out to go, he's a rasta, they go out into the mountains and they do their thing out in the mountains, <clears throat> sleep out in the open. And I was helping him put together this army type, um, um, I guess, portable bed. Like it's almost like you can fold it up and you fold it out and there's a little canvas thing that you're sleeping. <clears throat> but it keeps you off the ground cause it had four foots, um, kind of rectangular. Uh, we're stringing it up, stringing it up. He said he was gonna go to the mountains and with some um, Nyabingi and Kiputan and they were gonna do something. But he, I remember when I got here um, and we are my cousin have a have a business there in Riverton. They're a business that works with the garbage. And I remember talking to my cousin, and some police pulled up. They call them CIB, Criminal Investigation Bureau police. You can't miss them because they wear they form the formal way. They don't wear uniform. They wear like a black pants, a press. Formal pants and a, and a shirt, usually a white shirt, and a tie, a, a necktie. And they almost all, all of them look almost the same. And I remember talking to my cousin outside of the business place in Riverton City, and my back is to the business fence, my cousin's back is to the road. The Not even a real, not real road, so some parts, some ghetto, some pathways, some trails with, with, gu- with, gu- with gullies on the side, I remember, or a gully on one side. Um, small gullies, just enough for the rainfall and the water supposed to run into it. But the roads not surface, just small and cement and regular road, there's no attempt to even surface it. So it's not like the roads were good and then they become bad, the roads just look like that. And narrow with zinc. Sink fence lining both sides most of the way. And I remember my cousin back to the road Me, and my back to the business. And the CIBG pull up with four police officers in there. And my cousin didn't get him any mind. And I remember it was kind of peculiar to me that him didn't even budge when the engine was coming up. But he wasn't paying him any mind. And... Um, they just sat in the vehicle, kind of trying to get his attention. Me now, I feel in a way, I say, hey, because, because no, name? The big man, they want to talk to you. And he, he just look back at them. He his teeth and say, let them wait. <laughs> Never forget it, and I say, yo, because they're heavy. So apparently, long story was that they were going in to do an investigation or something but they had to get permission. So they had to talk to him first. So that's Riverton City, Shanti, yeah. All right, Um, going further, going further. Past Spanish Town, we started rising into cool green hills like the hollows of Kentucky or Tennessee. Hush Hush limestone mounds with tiny valleys and villages stuck between them. Our first stop was in a town called Cave Valley, where Gallimore was to speak to his constituents and then tour their southern fields. By the time we got there, I was car sick from the driver's homicidal speed and went to stand in the shade of a rum shop wall. Gallimore was already haranguing a small crowd, raising high the rakes and hose he had bought. They will give some America, Gallimore said, because Mr. Sierra and the Americans were very close. The young men in the rum shop listened coolly to his speech. Their parish was prime ganja country, the source of the lambs, bread, and weed, Potent strains of ganja whose prophets brought their, their sexy fishnet t-shirts and acid, acid-wash jeans. Cho, one of them is after a long pull from his red stripe. What the fuck could that man There a chant? Him come here he tell we is pure orange and banana we must plant again. And him know his ganja we have to grow up here to survive. No way man, no way Siaga can hold this a place when next election come round. Siaga fight too hard against the ganja man them. There was proof of his bitterness on the shop wall. One of the powerful pictures of local pieces of local art that had come out of some Kingston pintry and become collector's items. This one called Jamaica Ganja Eradication in quotes. Four army helicopters are landing in a burning ganja field. One soldier is suspended in midair like a terrible angel. His M sixteen already aimed at a farmer who stands with his weeping wife and children to watch their livelihood go up in smoke. A black mongrel dog is barking in futile defense and there is a strange female face framed in one of the helicopter's windows. A white man smiling benignly like one of those placid incongruous observers in medieval crucifixion scenes that word incongruous. So like one of those placid incongruous observers in medieval crucifixion scenes. Who is a white woman? I asked. You don't know about she, the young man scoffed. Is the Iron Maiden that she's flying on all the ganja missions now? Some American woman from the CIA FBI, one of them thing, and she wicked her ass. Yeah man. This is what Siaga means for we. So you better believe his manly will go and vote for next time. It never could have gone so under the Ganjaman in a manly time, with the ganja man in a manly time. So St. <coughs> Anne is where Bob Marley's mother Sideda raised her son after his white English father left them. Marley's buried across the hills from Cave Valley in the village of nine miles. Marcus Gavit, the father of Pan-Africanism, was also born here in, the, in the, the main town of Sentence Bay, down the coast from where Columbus landed. The parish, was, the parish was always had a strong sense of itself, made stronger since the 1970s by the money Ganja brought in. Her by the town was smuggled out in boats from Outerios, and in small plains that landed on Stripsville by the Ganja Barons. Just like the roads they paved, and the houses they built and the electricity that they bought into dark dwellings perched on steeped hills. Everyone knows their real patrons name. They are not the politicians who live in Kingston and only show up in places like K-Valley when, it, when it's time to raise votes. Everyone knows where their real patrons are, they are not with the politicians who live in Kingston and only show up in places like K-Valley when it's time to raise votes. I kept my eye on Brambles from the rum shop, admiring the way he darted through the crowd, kneeling to take pictures and climbing around for better vantages. He moved like a cat and smiling to himself, loving, to his, loving his work. While Gallimore, When Gallimore contingents left the square for the nearby fields, I followed behind Brambles and an old man with an harmonica who played a sweet lighting jig for Gallimore as we walked. Dorothy had gone back to town with her gun-toting bodyguard, so I rode with Bramble's media crew to the day's last stop, a village called Gibraltar, where a crowd of farmers had been waiting patiently since early morning for the city people to arrive. Gibraltar was in another constituency, represented by a woman with a sonorous name of Princess Lars. She was one of the GLP's rising female stars. Siaga liked working with women because they were both ambitious and practical, better at cooperating than the male MPs who generally behave, behave like roosters in a yard. But laws had shown practically. laws had shown practically to the wind. Laws had shown practically practicality to the winds that day. Her white crusher suit and black patent leather heels were far too elegant for the country visit. The red clay had demolished her shoes and she looked very uncomfortable among her peasant constituents with their bare feet and tattered clothes. They were waiting for us in a one-room schoolhouse, sitting on rough wooden benches and eager for the seeds and tools to replant their fields. But Gallimore had given almost everything away in Cave Valley and there was not going to be enough to go around. Somehow I was recruited to untie the plastic bag full of seeds and divide them into smaller amounts, working frantically while Lars stood in the front of the schoolroom and delivered a speech. The seeds we have bought for you were given to us, to our Prime Prime Minister by the people of America, she said. They love us and they love Mr. Siaga. Do you know what the letters JLP stand for? They stand for just loving people. And that is what we are. But the people of Gibraltar Gibraltar is in no mood for Susan to talk about Jesus. Oh, they stand for Jesus-loving people. And that's what we are. So, do you know what the letters JLP stand for? They stand for Jesus-loving people. And that's what we are. (laughs) Yoda. Yoda. But the people of Gibraltar was not in no in, was in was in mood for soothing. No, anyway, but well, the people of Gibraltar was in no mood for soothing talk about Jesus. They were tired and hungry, and they began first to murmur and then to shout and to stamp. Brambles had ducked out for a smoke early under a guinea tree in the schoolyard, and I went out to join him just before a small riot exploded inside. The long-suffering farmers. Rush to the front of the room and engulfed their member of parliament in a shoving throng, there goes the word again, grabbing for a handful of pumpkin or cabbage seeds. Brambles was smoking one of his cravenies and smiling his cat-like grin. It's nothing, he said. I see some true riots in my time. You should have seen the country in 1980. Nuff-nuff guns fire in my neighbourhood then. He glared at me suddenly for emphasis. Laborites kill a brother right in front, in a right in a my yard and faster lane. Shot him in the lane and chase him through my gate. Cornered him behind the fridge on my veranda and finish him off right there and then. It is it, so much killing I see. Is me have to spend the better part of that morning cleaning up the blood, you know. I thank God my pitney children not there was not there that night brambles told me he had a son and a daughter who lived with him but the boy wasn't born till after the election ricky is pats ricky ricky was in pats belly still and seemed like him come into this world already f- freed from what his mother see in them time Princess Lars had made her escape from Gibraltar while Brambles and I were talking another Guinea tree. Now the rest of the crew from JS were piling to the van for the long ride back to Kingston. Even though I was riding with them, I felt a sense of urgency about asking Brambles for the favour. I want I wanted before we got I wanted uh, for the favour I wanted before we got into the van with everyone else. Would you take me with you on a walk downtown sometime? I asked, just so I could know the area a little. He laughed. You have care and you still like walk foot? It it is rough down there now. Well, well, well rough. He looked me up and down, considering how much of a liability I would be on the streets of Central Kingston. The place is... Cosmopolitan, like still, he mused. It was the waterfront once, so people used to see sailors and foreigners. about the place. It's not like Western Kingston. The place is full of nothing, but pure beer yard and people fresh from country and suspicious terror and suspicious Ras. It's not like West Kingston. That place is full of nothing. But pure yard and people fresh from country have full of suspicion, and terror. That's the man's style of West Kingston. We were in the van by then, beginning a climb to get out of Gibraltar's narrow valley onto the better road to town. You know that Rosal- Rosalind Carter came down to Raytown once with her husband when her husband was president, Bramble said almost to himself. Raytown is a fishing village on central Kingston, eastern flank. The Manly Government had started an urban development project for the fishermen there and they bought Miss Carter to see Brambles covered her tour. The Lakers shed Mandeville are the relics now, he said. All right, said Brambles, bringing himself back from the 1970s. Let me tell you what we are going to do. Is work you want? All right, we work. You meet me tomorrow at 10 o'clock on the corner of East Street and higher, higher Holborn. There's a football field here and I'll walk up from my yard to find you. <clears throat> he was quiet for the rest of the trip back to Kingston. And when the van left me at Jamaica House, he had said goodbye. I wondered if he would even show up as I waited the next morning. Standing next to a little scrapboard, standing where uh, a elderly Igla was selling cigarette matches and oranges. She peeled me one and then hung the spiraling skin neatly on a string above her, saving it to make tea. The street was ruined with market day traffic, and the new Japanese minibuses, everyone called Quarter Millions, were farting. A black pall of diesel smoke through the harsh sunlight. The rum shops, barber shops, tailor establishments, and cook stands were all doing fast business, and the street vibrated with Saturday morning energy. I looked down Ayrburn Street and saw Bumble swinging towards me with a loose, easy gait, wearing his camera like a necklace. 24 minutes. Womp, he said casually. You find this place with no problem? Uh, it's hard to miss a football field, I said, and we, st- and we stood for a while side by side watching the kids shout and sprint their way through the soccer match. So we'll walk, Bramble said after a little while, I'll show you parade. All right, so I went past there because there was something, the quarter million buses, I remember, but Carter, right, so Carter, Jimmy Carter came to Jamaica. Which ele- I was, and I still have the, 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 the thing that I had to wear over me called Citizens' Action for Free and Fair Elections. Cafe, Citizens' Action for Free and Fair Elections. Something like that. That's See, whatever. So I was an election observer, in one of the elections, I can't remember which year. I was at a law firm at the time, so that would have been 90-something. Whatever election was in the 90s. Was it the last remorse at that time? I'm pretty sure because there was a Trevor Macmillan who was a police commissioner at the time. And what's his name came down? Jimmy Carter came down. I think the Olifield came down too. And no, 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 no. It was just Jimmy Carter. And Jimmy Carter came down as a... He has this organization that oversees elections. So we were the local arm dealing with Jimmy Carter. And we set up a... Uh, headquarters where did we stop that headquarters i think the headquarters was up in new kingston a little place around in new kingston and uh, was it but my job was to go and collect uh, oversee the collection of the ballot boxes and there wasn't much to report i remember whenever we went to the ballot to the to the polling stations the people would put on them best behavior. As, we, as I said, I had the cafe thing over my chest. I still have it, the bib. The bib, I had the cafe bib, and they would say that we were there for election administrative activities. So they would put on the best. But I never had a problem. But yeah, I remember when um, Carter came and all of that, not with his wife, I don't remember that one. But anyway, um, Queen Street, Iroban Street, just reading this book brings back memories, and I didn't even know, and it's, what is interesting about reading this book is the, the, the characterization of different parts of Jamaica from someone else's eyes, you know? Um, and it's, and, and it's, it's subjective and objective, uh, which is a good thing. It's subjective because subjective to subjective to, to the writer's um, orientation, but it's objective in that she's actually Talking about things that you see—that is real. It's not like she creating anything, and 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 I didn't even know. And I'm learning here that West Kingston was considered um, a place full of nothing but obia, pure obia yard, and people fresh from country with suspicion. Uh, but when you think about it, that makes sense. Most of the people who came and populated Kingston were from the country. But you'd think that is his Kingston the obia people would believe in since. That would be coming from out of St. Thomas, St. Thomas people don't beat me up but anyhow leave and you learn now it's i'm going to shut down for today no i can't probably uh, i think i'm gonna leave this for today i think i'm going to leave this for today i'm going to upload this and i'm gonna mark where we stop and do the brambles tomorrow. The rest of brambles, especially her venture into the town with brambles, because I don't want to cut that part way. And unless I'm going to read the entire book, I don't want to cut that reading part way. It's not a long reading enough. Mm. I wonder if I should go for it. All right, let's go for it. Darn it, let's go for it. So what, Bramble said after a while. I'll show you Parade. The square is downtown Kingston's heart, presided over by an ice blue and white war tater. Yes, the beautiful war tater. Oh my gosh. This lady described war tater so right. Jesus, peace, Miss Lorigans, You're right, war tater with the ice blue. I never even thought of the unique, is of that colour. But it's so... It makes yeah. Anyway, yeah man, the ice blue somehow usually make you feel cooler in the hot Jamaica sunny. Eh? Worth it? A Victorian wedding cake of a building? Absolutely. The normal Manley launched the PMP, 1938. See, I didn't even know that. The hall next door, where Marcus Garvey voice rang out, had been torn down, and the site was a bus yard now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Clamoring with activity as the Rusted Out buses unloaded country people and their crockers bag full of produce. The buses were beautifully painted with names like King Alfonso and Conquering Lion, but they were in terrible condition. I had a dear friend, a Montego Bay musician, to one of these buses. He, he fell through the rotten floorboards and was ground to death in the gears. Damn. Okay. Damn. All right. Um, keep on going. When I walk across parade to the new covered, newly covered, new covered market, I got built for the Eaglers, who were now being called informal commercial importers, in recognition of the fact that their weekly runs to Miami and Panama furnished Jamaica with most of what they wore you could glimpse the power and authority in the miami airport woe to any overzealous airline employee who told them they couldn't put their refrigerator-sized boxes of pampas and soap powder in baggage the Eagles sat in their palace on parade with mounds and racks of lacy panties and fluttering bras cheap indian cotton and plastic shoes, Call out good prices and friendly insults to anyone who tried to bargain them down. This place going on, go, this place going, this place going on down King Street, this place going on down King Street used to be, this place going on down King Street used to be where everyone came to buy Pana Saturday. Bramble said. But then a big man them, De a plaza up Canson Spring and Ligani, and only we sufferers come to parade now. We crossed the East Street and walked down it until we came to the sea. I wanted to see the spot where my famed Myrtle Bank Hotel had stood a palm fronted palace behind the United Fruit Company pier. It opened a magic window into the world, wrote Vic Reed, a ray-toned child who grew up to become a poet, novelist, and historian. The Myrtle Bank catered to the first white tourists from England and America who came on the United Fruit Company ships. And Reed remembers the tourists as dons, nobile and mafia, and dolls, debutants and tarts. But the affluence belonged only to foreigners something brambles new for himself. We stood in the hot wind off the water and he spoke of being a little boy and watching the rich people getting off the ships. I used to hang around the pier by Miracle Bank in them times. He used to dive naked for the coins the cruise ship passengers flung over the sides. I was one of the best swimmers. The JLP tore down the hotel and the pier in the early 1960s and built new new Newport West, on the West Kingston waterfront, close to the party's own stronghold, where it could control and got work on the docks. Then there was Central Kingston. Then, then Central Kingston. That was when Central Kingston began to die. Liberals hated this area, Bramble said, because they could never control it. Too cosmopolitan, too open to the sea. We turned north, away from the water, and began walking into the residential core of the neighborhood, crossing all streets and lanes, and lanes named from English souvenirs, for English souvenirs and tropical commodities: George's, Hanover, Rome, and Gold. Oh, he, he, he. my wife was born on Gold Street. Should I? I shouldn't give her, give her, give her. her. But yeah, Gold Street. My wife was born on Gold Street. Gold Street, baby. So this is our street, Gold Street. It was at a dance on Gold Street in 1980 that PMP gunmen opened fire on a crowd. Yeah, I know about that very well. It was at a dance on Gold Street in 1980 that PMP gunmen opened fire on a crowd. A reprisal after someone stoned Manley in a motorcade. Three people died. Oh, no, that wasn't what I was thinking about. But anyway... Notice that the police station is right across the street, Brambles said as we stroll by. But no one came to pursue the gunman. Gold Street is no man's land. Yep. Gold Street was just one of the several uh, demarcations that split the neighborhood in two. To the west was territory that belonged to a PMP called Tel Aviv. Yep. And to the east was Faster Lane where Brambles live, I.O. Burn and Fleet Street. That section was known as Southside like a JLP enclave within the heart of Central. Its reigning gang was a Saudis, sometimes called Rencas, and they got their guns from the JLP. We walked by a crumbling brick cottage on Fleet Street with graffiti that said, Eddie my love, meaning Siaga. Eddie Siaga. Even with the and crumble, the bullet marks, and the grumble from burned out buildings, there was something left uh, after farm of the central's farmer grace. Behind twisted zinc fence and scrapboard dwellings rose the leafy branches of mango, ackee, breadfruit and almond trees, planted decades before the neighbourhood pr- planted decades before by the neighborhood's proud householders. Some of the concrete walls in front of the old cottages were toppled down with broken glass to repel marauders some of the concrete walls in front of the old cottages were, top, were topped now with broken glass to repel maradas so what they do is they put concrete broken concrete on the top of the walls cement it in almost as a barrier like uh like you know, have barbed wire some of the con- blah, blah, blah. but the cottages themselves were beautiful despite the dilapida- dilapida- dilapidation They still had carved wooden tracery above doors and windows and names etched into their gates. Evelyn's cottage said one. Harlem said another. The place was sweet once, Bramble said, before politics turned people against each other. The Sosburyers came to stow away upon a boat for America in the days before planes. He told me he had watched his mother walk onto a ship bound for England in the early nineteen fifties and he never saw her again. His aunt raised him. She was strict you don't cross her unless you want a beating. But sure I grow without a mother, I feel my own pity never going to go without me. It was a promise he struggled to keep. We had come to the wooden gate of his yard and we paused and looked up and down Foster Lane. There was no it was no wider than a car, and the ceaseless pour of neighborhood sounds reverberated up and down its tunnel. Shouts and calls came from all sides, along with music, crowing roosters and barking dogs. Central sounded like its own small village, but most of all, it was the crying of the children that, that, that became for me the signal sound of the ghetto, wailing punctuated by laughter. In the upstairs window of the rum shop across from Brambles Yard, a woman leaned out, bare breast, to catch a stray breeze from the harbor. She was laughing into the sun and she looked down at me and smiled. Brambles opened his gate to the self contained world of a tenement yard where 10 people lived in a row of three 12 square foot, of three 12 square foot rooms lined up along a concrete veranda. His room was on the faster lane, end of the row, so it had a window that looked out over the shard-topped wall. I went to stand by it and instinctively drew away to the side, still looking out, Bramble's laugh. You stand like a gunfighter, he said, tactical. He had two pieces of furniture, a double bed, and an old glass front cabinet where he kept china glasses and utensils. His cameras and of photographs and slides were hidden under clothes in a corrugated cardboard barrel. Neatly pressed shirts hung on a line across the bed. That was where his children slept, Brambles told me, as he usually bedded them down on the concrete veranda. Okay. That was where his children slept, Bramble told me. Bram- that was where his children slept. Bramble told me, usually bedded down on the concrete veranda. Okay, so Bramble sleep on the veranda, she just sleep on the bed. Enough, type time, I don't even sleep down, the- down here, he said. I just bleach all night. To bleach is to never close your eyes into, da- in- into darkness. It's too much noise about the place to sleep. His daughter Natalie was sitting on the veranda plain house with her box of treasures, a blonde Barbie doll and some old doll clothes, Bramble's empty aftershave bottles and a shard of mirror. She paused every now and then to gaze at it, admiring the fresh cornrows a neighbor had given her that night. She was nine and already a ammonite beauty, much darker than Bramble's, and conscious. unconscious, he said, of the difference in her skin resembled her mother but adored her father and after it stayed up with him at night listening to the talk between him and his friends. I'm just going to pause here for a quick minute just because as I described the house, the tenement yard house and not to get too much into it, it actually reading it actually gave me a sense of yearning because you yearn for those days. It, it's funny what when you're in it when you're in it you want to get out of it but when you're out of it and you look back you look back at it fondly to some extent because those days were the days and, and, and i guess memory has the luxury of excluding certain things because there would have been scents that you didn't want to smell i remember that you would have the sewer smell or something running on the street you know always always have a have a, have a sewer a a, a, a sewer running in the middle of the street always almost always always have some backup um and the garbage mixed with the sewer and the thing somewhere that is just um settling in the in the culverts but the one thing i can remember is and and then as a youth you didn't have that fear because you didn't have that full awareness it was all fun it was all a playground for the most part so Reading this doesn't bring to me anything about our wow, relief of escaping. It actually brings a sense of missing the simpler days in my mind. And also, if anything, a sense of not appreciating it, the tapestry, the texture that we were exposed to and didn't even realize it when we were there. That is me. That's what we're going through is like, Wow, next time I go down to Jamaica, I'm gonna find about these little yards and probably go and find it and see these places in a different take um, from a different perspective. But that's how people end up on the news the naivety. The last time I was down in Jamaica in September, I remember coming up, on I probably shouldn't even be recording this. Uh, but anyhow, coming up to, 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 um through Mountain View Avenue. Uh, we used to live on Mountain View Avenue, so I turn off Winward Road, so that would be out east. That's where I was born. I was born at Jubilee, but we were living at, Windward, at at Mountain View Avenue at the time. So the first yard was a tenement yard right there. And I turn up Winward Road and I stop, and I stop at the yard, and the yard, it's a weird looking building. The front high and the back go down low. It's like the roof just have, Front high, go down low, almost like a geometric um, diagram with a, a, like a, a, a partial triangle lying on its side with the pointed part cut. Okay, so it's almost like a rectangle, rectangle triangle, <laughs> a rectangle, but with the, the top piece, uh, the roof pitch for rain to fall off to the back. The so front high and the front is where the shop was. The back is where we live and they have another yard in the, in the yard, a tenement yard. So it wasn't a tenement yard as described here on Gold Street, a different type of tenement yard, just more than one yard in, house in one yard though. And I stopped there, and I saw the seven-up sign that my father used to have on the wall, on the front, and I saw it in the yard, just sitting in the dust. And I was, you know, gleeful taking pictures and all of that, and there was a lady across the street, you know, in her, with her shed, or zinc top or like a stall selling whatever. And they're looking at me and they can't picture it. you know, they say, oh, foreigner, idiot foreigner just come. But I was doing it very quickly. And I was very aware, military, tactical, because I wanted the pictures, I have the video. And the lady turned to me and she said something. And I just have volunteer information. Yeah, man, I used to live here, man. I used to live here, yes, I'm born, you know. Yes, I born, I born here. You know, and she laugh and thing and thing. But before I get into the conversation, and, and then I even say, yeah, and the little 7-up sign, it's usually on the front, here. they're on the side there, yes, yes, I'll talk about the 7-up sign. But before I get too comfortable, and before I, uh, I can be mapped out, in my mind, I splurt, you know, I make a move, quick and fast, Cut my video, make my talk, boom, bam, gone. What that don't mean, say, so i am an expert at this, and you can you cannot get in trouble, you have to be careful, you never know. So, while we had nostalgic and all of that, frankly, that's how people end up on the news. And you can't be a fool. I mean, at the end of the day, you have good areas in everywhere in the world, and you have areas that have a little sketchiness in everywhere in the world. And sometimes you just have to know how to deport. So, I'm going to move forward so I can finish this. So, Bramble's daughter, she resembled her mom but adored her father, and she often stayed up with him at night listening him talk. Listening to the talk between him and his friends, yeah, that is as had his matriarch, an old woman named Auntie, who sat sewing. I know I was gonna mention that that there was a anyway, who sat sewing at the far. And there was a matriarch, an old lady that lived up the house, topside, with that that sort. My mother wasn't the matriarch. and My mother was young. <laughs> she was young at the time. My mother wasn't. it was probably 30, 30 years old. So she wasn't the matriarch. I remember there was this lady living up there. Up the other household where everybody was afraid of, including mummy. Everybody <laughs> respect that lady. They had this matriarch, an old lady named Auntie, who sat sewing at the far corner of her room. She earned a few dollars doing piecework for a tail out the lane. <clears throat> Carol, a single woman who lived with her baby in the middle room, was washing dishes at the standpipe. Whoa, good old standpipe. My wife is going to tell a story now. And she gonna beat me my wife is gonna beat me up when 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 she hear this if she hear this. So growing up in Gold Street, her story is that because she takes so long when she using the bathroom, cause everybody use the bathroom or the standpipe bathroom or whatever. you. Nobody, everybody wanted to run go and bathe before her, so it was a problem with the other women in the yard because they know that when she go into the bathroom with fair soap and towel. They're going to have to wait because she takes her time in her jacuzzi. <laughs> oh boy. So she used to have a problem and that would cause arguments with her mom and the other women in the yard because they would say, Hey, little girl, just take up the bathroom so long. Always complaining and her mother would say, Leave her alone. Make your bed. All I need for bed, too, no too nasty. I screw She clean in her bad mind. <laughs> One bag of water. <laughs> and then my wife will boast herself and she's the type of person you now when it's, she's doing her thing she's doing her thing and when she's satisfied she's done and she will be satisfied she ain't gonna rush she rush nothing and you can't rush her. and the more you rush her <laughs> the more you're gonna wait so i can just imagine those poor women in those in that tenement yard on gold street anyway moving forward uh, yeah, the yard Carol, the single woman who lived with her baby in the middle room, was washing dishes at the standpipe. Bramble's yard had running water, a toilet, and a shower, and it and it made and that made it the kindest of all neighborhood tenement yards I came to know. None of them had water, and many had no latrines either. People pissed on the ground and defecated in buckets, emptied later into the gully that flowed along South Camp Road into the harbour. At times later in that year I would sit on the veranda while Brambles took a shower and listened to the water sluicing over him, feeling intense pleasure at the sound. Next to food, water is ghetto's greatest luxury. We pass the rest of the, f- we, we pass the, rest of the first afternoon sipping cold beer and reasoning on the veranda until the shadows lengthened and the neighborhood Came to oh, Saturday night life, blow oh, Saturday night life. best. the only one that can even come close. closer Friday night, but Saturday night in Jamaica. Damn, man. In Kingston especially, it's like the day just even start different from Friday. Just the clouds different, the smells different, the breeze blow different. Yeah, man, Saturday night in Jamaica. In Kingston, Jamaica, back in the days, was a different thing. Even the moon look different. Like a different moon come out on Saturday. <laughs> it's the weekend moon. Whew. Anyway, some of the sufferers from Bramble's called... Some of the sufferers whom Bramble's called <clears throat> the professor of poverty came to his... The professors of poverty came to his yard to check me out. One was an older man named Keith who used to be a sailor. Bramble's called him... elder even though he was barely out of his 40s I was beginning to see that living to that age qualified someone as a survivor down here Keith said Keith we have all the time in the world to observe the way things go and none of the power to change them so we all philosophers of assault he took us later that night to his favorite Bratel in Raytown the Sea View Club, where a string of Christmas tree lights garland the gateposts and the rooms upstairs were painted a faded gaudy turquoise. There was no one there and it looked as if there never would be. A Tel Aviv youth named Bruce came with us and he brought along a little notebook with verses he had written to no one in particular. <clears throat> one had a little tit- had a long title. What I have learned in life Through the acknowledgements of my hardship, these desperate needs and hostile tribulations, one should never give up to the failures of survival, such as illiteracy, folly, and helplessness. Oh, that's powerful. Frankly, that's extremely powerful. I'm going to take a photo of that, sorry. Uh, No, don't want this to stop. I need to take a photo of that. That is powerful now we're going to read it again a teller v u named bruce came with us and he bought a little notebook with verses he had written to no one in particular one had a long title and the title went like this open quotes <laughs> what i've learned in life through the acknowledgements of my hardship desperate needs and hostile tribulations one should never give up to the feelers of survival such as illiteracy Folly and helplessness. Close quotes. I wonder if he's a young Caperton or a young bojodat. God, that is very, very patient. That's a patient man. When I asked Bruce how he lived, he murmured, By the mercy of God, I just try not to get stagnant and childless. Childless. <laughs> he was in love with words for their power and he had nowhere to use them, so he spent long hours talking with the grizzled ex-leader of Tel Avigan, a veteran street fighter named Dixie Dawkins, and he and Dixie reasoned the time away, redeeming their lives with talk. This was one of the strategies for survival downtown. Another young man named Wilson Gray showed up at Bramble's Yard with his guitar he strummed songs by Sam Cooke and Otis Redding, and sang a soft tenor. We did "What a Wonderful World" together. Winston loved country music best, especially sentimental gunfighter ballads. He laughed when I said I had an American friend who called country music the white man's reggae. <laughs> then the old, then the old man everyone called Chronicles came by the yard. Brambles had told me about him and now he had gotten his nickname from his perfect memory. Life down here is just a daily burning, the old man said. When election time comes, politicians hand out liquor work, gully cleaning projects and street street sweeping and such things. It is so ironic. The ghetto youth still starve just to dress expensive and impressive in foreign clothes and shoes. We are called trash and ready." Many are you stay in his yard all week, keeping his streets only for important occasions, like a funeral or a dance. The next night was Sunday when Red Town holds its weekly street dance that goes on till dawn beside the high brick walls of the general penitentiary. The DJ set up the booming speakers and duel each other to see who can dig up the best oldies and the most danceable favourites from the glory days of ska, reggae and rhythm and blues. The red town dance has been going on for so many years that has come a Kingston institution, the only downtown fit that uptown people come to. Classy women from Barbican and Stonehill bring their dates to skank for a few hours. Unmindful of colour and cast, next to the sufferers, the outfits were always as, st- were always as sturdy in contrast, since uptown girls are usually in sequ- sequins and satins, and the ghetto daughters came in their most casual streetwear, track shorts, tube tops, and the ubiquitous ear curlers. Hmm. But the music is what matters, and it brings everyone together in a, a unifying force. Feel in a unifying force feel of sound. But the music is what matters, and it brings everyone together in a unifying force field of sound. It's the same music black and white Americans danced to in the era of the civil rights. The Four Tops, Winston Pickett, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, Gladys Knights and the Pips, mixed with Burning Spear, Toots and the Kells, and Bob Marley, Forgot Your Sorrows and Dance. But the police were always there too. The gleaner's gossip columnist wrote about Raytown Dance and the cops a few days later. The only thing I found disturbing was a police jeep passing through minor slicer plates and a driver with gun in hand firing shots in the air. No fear was shown by the large crowd. But as one reveler put it, as saw them police boy go on all the while. Them just come for frightened people. It was a very happy gathering. But I do not wish the gun but I do wish the guns were silent. Brambles and I stayed at the dance until just before daylight, and by then it was too late for me to drive back uptown alone. We walked across South Camp Road to his yard, passing by a little bridge that spans the gully where a group of men hung out until dawn. I fell into bed with Natalie and Ricky and Brambles took his blanket out to the veranda, bleaching till the sun rose to the sound of roosters and barking dogs. And that end the chapter about brambles. So we did it. Um, a couple things came, as I should refer to. This is very good, very, very good, sorry. Um, very, very good. Um, and I hope you had a good sleep. <laughs> and I hope, I hope Natalie never piss the bed, cause that's very, very, very popular at nine year old in Jamaica, hush. Um, and you know, as in retrospect, I realized that a lot there may have been some form trauma that a lot of young people caught that was a big thing. Um, but I want to go back to the whole Ray situation, Ray Town, and even just listening, this is just the other day I was watching a, 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 a thing on named The Fix. And one of the ladies was talking about, boy, she feel like she go old now because she was saying that she feel like she's old now because. So the fix, I was watching the fix, and um, I just keep reminding myself that I can't just talk patwa after kind of keep it a little Englishy. And one of the ladies, ladies on the fix, the host uh, Ari, was saying, um, she feel old. And I am older than the fixed people. Then. In fact, I met Naro on the, the, the ship the other day. They, when, we, when we were docked in Kingston or uh, Oche, whichever one he came on the ship, I think he was in Moby or uh, Oche. I met Naro. And they are young, young folks. However time, we both went to WalMarts, But I think he said he left WalMarts in the 90s. And I left WalMarts in the 80s. And he probably left in the late 90s. Probably in the 2000s, because I didn't, he's young. But she was saying that she felt old. Ari and they are all the same age group. Because the music that is being played nowadays are that's popularized, as dancehall, is she can't appreciate it. And frankly, um, this is like beating a dead ass. This is this is everybody, this is just echo chamber kind of thing. Everybody's saying the same thing for the most part. That they they, they don't enjoy the music, but it's been produced and it's people are, it's popularized. People are going to these shows. Valiant is one of the biggest things out of Jamaica right now. And he was, no nobody knew his name six months ago. And I could never tell you one of his songs. Well, no, there's a song called something about Dunce, something something about Dunce, and it sounds decent, but it's not something that you would sing. And, you know, so you can't, yeah, it's not something that, that's iconic. It's not these music that back in the day is like, these guys are putting all these iconic sounds, right? Everybody's sound the same for the most part. You can't tell one singer from the next, and they're doing this trap thing. So, you know, it crossed my mind as I read this about Raytown. And when, when I was saying it, I said, What needs to be done is people, there is a, uh, an opportunity for someone to really play. I mean, there, it's, it happens, you know, it, it's just that it's not happening in mainstream. But there's dances that you can go and all night long they'll play old school music. Or uh, what is considered old school music. There's a lot of that. But I wonder to myself, cross-referencing what I was saying and my own experience about the music and the change in the music. How would a Raytown fit in today? Do they still do the tone dances that Lorigans talk about? And if they still do it, what does it look like? You know, that would be, that's my curiosity as I end this one. Um, can't think of anything else to reflect back on here. Um, there was a couple things that came to mind, but I, I, you know, it's one hour in. So and I think that's long enough and I'm going to let it go cause I got to go do some stuff. So we're going to go to chapter next. They don't, they don't number the chapters. The next chapter is called blood for blood fire for fire and with blood for blood fire for fire interesting and uh, low guns born for dead and um, signing off just want to say whoever is listening use a macho macho cheese macho damn it i learned the word yesterday you know macho, macho. god bless you still bless one love